Well, people don't continue to come back and send their children and their grandchildren if they feel like they're not important. They don't even have to feel like they got taken advantage of. They just got, if they don't feel important. Anna goes clear out of her way when people come in the door to always acknowledge them, and most of the time they're able to call them by name when they come in. When a customer leaves and has never been here before, we put a little thank you gift in their car, just a little something to let them know that they're important to us. Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by our Best Workplaces medium-sized shop winner, Kurt Rock. Uh, Kurt is the owner of Kurt's Auto Repair in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Kurt has a phenomenal story. If you haven't read it yet, uh, Kurt, his shop burned down, you know, back in the early 2000s. And he said at that time he really wasn't taking his shop super seriously. But that fire was the catalyst that, that set everything into motion that has made Kurt's Auto what it is today. So I can't wait for you to hear the interview. Kurt is just a salt of the earth kind of man. And I think you're going to enjoy learning about his principles and why his shop is so well loved. Without further ado, here's Kurt. Well, hey, Kurt, welcome to Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Thank you. Yeah, so it's March and we're talking about the best workplaces. You know, Kurt's Auto Repair was nominated as Ratchet and Wrench's best workplace for medium-sized shops. Tell us a little bit about Kurt's Auto Repair and your interesting backstory. Uh, we were founded, I founded this business in uh, 1987, summer of 87. Uh, I've worked here ever since then, obviously. Uh, we started out in a carport and uh, now we're up to the shop we're in now. Uh, in let's see, in December of 07, our other shop burned to the ground. We lost everything and we're underinsured, so it really made us uh, do a lot of checking on some things and, and reorganizing. Since then, I think we've been a lot built a lot better shop. I have uh, like Eric has been with me for 22 years. I have a couple guys been with me for 18 years. Uh, so I've got my help stayed with me through all of the, the ups and downs and everything. And, and since then, it's worked out. Uh, we've really, really, really uh, prospered down here at this shop compared to the other location. So I think that, that uh, it's all been good for us over the years. All right. Very good. So for our listeners, the shop is Kurt's Auto Repair, owned by Kurt and Kathy Rock. The location is Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, the shop size is 15. Shop size in square feet is 4,500 with 11 bays, average car count 206, and the average annual revenue is 1.19 million. Now, that's a, those are some impressive stats, Kurt. Like, how long did it take you to really like get in the groove of becoming a shop owner that's, that you know has built an impressive business like this? Like I said, prior to 2007, I was a technician, like most uh, shop owners start. After the fire and after all of the problems, I spent from uh, 2008 till 2012 learning business a lot better and stuff. And so really, we built a good a good shop before that, but we built a quality shop from 2008 up. All right. Now, we selected your shop because it's commitment to cultivating deep relationships you know, between customers, vendors, team members, and its principal-centered leadership and advancement opportunities for its people. 
walk us through, you talked to me about before about your pyramid. Tell our, our, our listeners about the pyramid that you guys have that you build your relationships through. We have a, a basically a, a pyramid that I uh, make all my employees aware of and stuff. If you take a pyramid and draw it into four sections, the top section is labeled customers. The second one down is labeled vendors. The third one is layered, labeled employees. And the fourth is labeled principals. We always run it with that pyramid facing up customers, vendors, employees, principals. The principals take the last light. Uh, it's it's more important for us that the customers get what they need and the vendors get taken care of. Uh, that's the most important thing that we run it off of. We also work off of, we've been able to, in 2015 and in 2020 as well, we won the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Ethics both them years. And so we've been able to use that and build on that and build the shop we have today. And talk to us about that, um, not particularly that award specifically, but just your your um, your adherence to ethics. Like, that's a big thing with you guys. And when I talked to you guys, you know, for the story and I talked to, to Anna, that was something that just kind of that came up over and over. Just you guys have this commitment to being a very ethical business. Talk about where that came from and how you get the buy in for that throughout the entire shop. Well, basically, we where that came from is we're a Christian based organization. And we believe in being ethical, the basic, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it is absolutely part of our our culture. When we hire, which doesn't happen often, like I said, most of my people have been with me quite a long time. We let them know that there's no, um, we're not interested in, in doing anything but what's best for the customer. We're not interested in selling them things they don't need or in putting things on the ticket they don't need. And we're interested in keeping the customers uh, on the top of, of our forefront. I don't have any trouble getting my help to buy into that as long as we interview properly and hire people that have uh, the same uh, ethics. We do not pay uh, based solely on commission, either in the shop or in the front office. And that helps us to, to not have to they don't worry about what's in it for them near as much when we, we do a different system than that. And that helps us stay ethical. And then, uh, like I said, I've got customers now that I'm working on their, their, some of them, their children's and some of them, their grandchildren's cars over the years. That's impressive. Like that. I, I always love hearing shop owners talk about the legacy of the shop, you know, when they've worked on people's vehicles you know, over generations, it's such a big deal. And it says a lot about the business itself. Well, people don't continue to come back and send their children and their grandchildren if they feel like they're not important. They don't even have to feel like they got taken advantage of. They just got, if they don't feel important. Anna goes clear out of her way when people come in the door to always acknowledge them, and most of the time they're able to call them by name when they come in. When a customer leaves and has never been here before, we put a little thank you gift in their car, just a little something to let them know that they're important to us. And uh, it, it really works out. It works out for them and it works out for us. Yeah. And your commitment to customers really shines through in just the way you speak about them and all you've said about them. Let's break down the other three um, categories of the pyramid. So we've talked about customers a bit. Talk, talk to me about like, your commitment to vendors. Like when you say, when you guys have this like principle centered core, how do you honor that with your vendors? Uh, we're very honest with our vendors. Uh, if we if we make a mistake and break apart, we will tell them we done this, we broke the part, 
we don't expect you to warranty it. Uh, another way, as I know all of my vendors personally, I mean, the, either the sales staff for the bigger ones or the like our Napa store is a private store. It's not a corporate store. And I know uh, I know the, the owner there personally. He, he's come in and sat down and talked with me. I've been in his office, talked with him. When his wife had some medical issues here recently, we took them a gift. And uh, the one thing I do that really helps the vendors a lot is we don't make them wait on their money. I pay all, all of my big vendors, I pay them weekly, not monthly. I don't make them wait on their money. And so uh, they don't ever have to worry if we're going to pay or, or any of that. And, and that seems to work out well. All right. And let's discuss your employees. Like, you know, how, how did you guys take care of your team members in a way that makes them feel highly valued? We have uh, an employee meeting once a month that we go over the numbers for the last month. And we acknowledge anybody who done exceptional in in that group amongst their peers. So if the, whoever done exceptional, we'll call them out. And a lot of times we'll give them a little something, maybe a $20 or $50 bill for their, their exceptional work that month. We keep them in the loop as far as what the company does volume-wise and how our profits are doing. And uh, we... If they have any personal needs, they never have to to worry about if, if we're going to give them time off. All they got to do is just let us know in advance if they had a, a, something come up, their wife has an operation, whatever. We we will shut down their their jobs for whatever day off they need so that they can take care of it. We also do all the standard stuff, medical, 401ks, uh, insurances. I give everybody that works here a $25,000 life insurance policy that we pay for 100% because we know that sometimes, especially young technicians, don't do a real good job of taking care of themselves. If uh, if something would happen, we'd hate for their wife to be put in the spot. Very good. Now, tell us how you guys um, have dealt with some of the growing pains. Of course, I know that you, you mentioned when the shop burned down, you learned a lot about business development and growth that way. But what are some of the growing pains in terms of, you know, dealing and growing people over the years that you guys have learned, uh, taking some great lessons from and then things that you can pass on to other shop owners about just dealing with people and working with people from, from, you know, from the heart. Well, the one thing I don't like about our industry is that for years it's always been, if you find a good technician in another shop, see if you can somehow steal him away. Uh, I try never to do that. I have, like Eric, has been with me 22 years now. He started at 18. Uh, Lorenzo's been with me, I think, 19 years now. He started at 14 sweeping floors. So I try to grow as much of my own talent as I possibly can. Uh, my parts guy uh, that I hired here two years ago, he'd been in the industry forever, and he'd been in a business that uh, – had sold out to a big business. So he'd been in this diesel store for, for years, 20 years or more. And uh, I've known him for like 35 years. And so when I when and he was looking for a job, I said, look, if you want to do something, you can come over here. But see, that man I'd known for many, many years and had business relationships with over the years. And so I like to, I like to build my own guys if I possibly can. And so I start most of them green 
and then I train them from there if they have the talent. My youngest technician that's really a good technician is 20 years old. He's been with me since he's 14, and he's ASC certified in four areas and going for master tech. Wow. And something Anna had said to me that I thought was really cool too, is that you guys leverage the power of your relationships with, with your vendors and other people um, who, whose principles align with yours to find people who they know whose principles will align with yours too, to save you guys some of the trouble when hiring. Yeah. If, if it's when we do hire, we have to, we have a series of interviews. The first interview we always do we talk to people and try to find people that, that know us and could send somebody that would fit in our group. And then the first interview, we never hire on the first interview. We try not to hire on the second interview. We try to hire on the third one. So if everybody likes the first interview, we'll get a different set of faces together and go for a second interview with that person. And if, if all the people in, like, it'll be me and Anna maybe on the first interview, maybe me and Eric on the second if they're going into the shop so that he can get a feel for it. And then if everybody likes it, then we'll go on the third interview, we'll hire them. And that helps us to, to sort through. We try never to hire anybody, just, man, I need somebody to fog a mirror. Will you come to work for me? I don't like that way of, of hiring people. Okay. And talk about you know, the training process, like when you bring people in, uh, how do you get them up to speed with, you know, the way that you guys work at Kurtz, just, you know, how you deal with customers, that, since it's very different, how you deal with vendors, since it's very different, how do you get people, you know, in that flow? We start by hiring people and putting them on a 90 day trial process, anybody that comes on green. And that means in 90 days, you can, we can, terminate it or you can terminate it no hard feelings if it didn't work out or you don't like this line of work then if the, if everything works out at that point in time if they're let's say they're total they're inexperienced pretty heavily we put them directly under one of our master techs i got i'm a master tech and i got three master techs in the shop and we put them under one of our master techs and they work under them for a period of usually a year or so and then that master tech always checks their work and double checks things. And we give a little bit of, of extra to the master tech for doing that because it obviously takes away from his, his time. At the end of that time, we have them take an ASC test as soon as they think they're ready for it. So we get a, a, a year, year and a half into it. We have them take an ASC test. And if they start passing tests, even though they may not have enough if they don't have enough time in the industry it takes two years to get their patch but they can still pass it and the more tests they get the more money that they get and the more we know that's how we know if we're doing a good job on teaching because if they if they're not passing tests we're not doing a good job on teaching i will sit down at lunch hour with a technician that wants to and we'll go over um, like virtual vehicle and different things to where we can under they can understand the principles behind all of the systems they're working on. And once they start passing tests, it's like Tyler, he's 20 years old. He's got four of them down or five of them. I can't even, can't even remember now. And he signed up for more. Once they start passing tests, we still give that master tech a little bit of, of extra for, for their monitoring them. And Tyler, even though he's ASC certified and 20 years old, he still is underneath the tutelage of a master tech anytime he's got any questions. 
and and like I say, that's worked out real, real well. Okay. In terms of like extracurricular things that you guys do as a as a shop, you know, to spend time together, what are some things you guys do? What are what are some activities you guys engage in to to build camaraderie amongst the, the employees? Well, last uh, let's see, Friday last Friday of December, the shop shut down for two hours and everybody in the shop went to a steakhouse and and the shop picked up the tab for everybody to to go to lunch together at that steakhouse. Uh, next Saturday, uh, many of us have four wheel drives. We're into that type of stuff. And in the Southwest, there's a lot of that. Next Saturday, all the guys and me are going to jump in our four wheel drives and we're going to run a trail or two to the north of Phoenix. And uh, we do, uh, we have had barbecues at, at Anna's house and axe throwing and things like that where everybody's in, invited. And we do stuff like that just so that everybody can be involved in that. Okay. And why do people stay at Kurt's Auto Repair? You've got guys, like you said, have been there 20 years, 19 years. Why do people stay with you, Kurt? It ain't because we're perfect, that's for sure. I guess it's because I've been told by many of my employees that we seem to really care about them and any of their needs we'll we'll help in pitch in. We had one man that has lived in a trailer house and it was getting in sorry shape and the whole crew went over there and over the course of two or three months we remodeled his whole house for him after hours. And I think a lot of people stay just because we are really our friends here. All right. And what makes Kurtz Auto Repair, you know, an anomaly in the grand scheme of the auto American, the American auto repair shop? What makes you guys so different in your estimation? I think our focus on on camaraderie and our focus on customer care, uh, and uh, the other thing is we are we're uh, we don't run a lot of debt in our business. I use little or no debt at all, and so we're not in a place where uh, we have to, to ring a bell or else we're going to lose something. I don't buy any equipment on, on debt, anything. So I pretty much run a debt-free business and I, it, it keeps the pressure down in this office, which keeps the pressure down in that office. And that's pretty unusual that and the way we pay our bills, uh, my vendors will do anything for me the way we, we pay and take care of them. So, I think that's that's really unusual in this business. A lot of people leverage to the hilt, and there's a lot of extra pressure caused by that. Okay. And lastly, if you can offer shop owners one tip to make their shop a best workplace, what would you uh, tell them to do? Focus on ethics and customer service and employee retention. All right. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for joining me today on Ratchet and Wrench Radio. It was a pleasure talking to you about your shop. Congratulations again on being a 2023 Ratchet and Wrench Best Workplace. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.